Eleven O'Clock Comics, episode 261. <laughs> 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 it's, it's not an episode until the woohoo comes out. <laughs> I need, I, I need this. I mean, my day started off pretty good. I got some good news from Vince. I, I, I Jason, everything was great. I, I, um, everything was fine at work. I, I had John Bogdan over, like, post on Facebook mine. That's awesome. Great. That is all. Yeah, yeah, one of the, um, and, and it was all, it was, yeah, so it was, I mean, it wasn't even comic related either. But he, um, and then there was, because uh, it was about the whole mess with, with CNN reporting about it and arresting uh, Yeah, it wasn't on, I mean, that's cool. That's awesome. So, um, and and then and then I get a phone call from Renee about some other fucking bullshit. And, and then it just, and then I get home to the news about that fucking gun control thing. And it was just, it was downhill from there. So, I need this. Nice. I need this too. Yeah, you do. We yeah. all do. Because you don't have enough good news with houses and shit, so yeah. Yeah, well, today was a very good day. It was a good day. Wait. It was a good day. Why are you telling him stuff you're not telling me? I, oh! Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a long car ride. Yeah. <laughs> what about me? Don't you ever consider my feelings? Jason, huh. that is so not Jason. Can't even joke no, like that. it sounds that. like you had good news to share and you didn't tell I me. did. I'll tell you later, buddy. Okay. It's all right. You're in it's the loop. It's about Bob Gar. We can't say it now. Yeah, it's about the Bob Gar. Always about the Bob Gar. Always. Yay. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. It's 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 261, and I am Vince B. Yeah, you are, and uh, I'll step in for a second. I'm David Price. That's not true because I'm David A. Price. <gasps> No, you're not. You're Jason. Actually, he could be. I don't know. When did you file your taxes, dude? That's funny. <laughs> too, too soon? Too soon? <laughs> not at all. Got to laugh about it. No, you're not, David A. Price. You are Jason Wood, everybody. Sake, <laughs> sake. Uh, that was good. And <laughs> if you, uh, it, mm, my segue is shit now. Oh. Uh, and there's no mistaken identity when it comes to the place where to get your best comics cheaply. It's Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can reap huge discounts on fantastic books like From Avatar, uh, the uh, written by Max Brooks, the man behind the awesome World War Z book, um, and Dr- Yes, soon to be a major motion picture, which does not resemble the source material too closely. Um, it's drawn by my favorite, Rallo Caceres. It's called The Extinction Parade. I believe it's a 12-issue series, the first issue of which you can get for 50% off. It's only going to cost you $1.99. It's got a gorgeous wraparound cover, as do most Avatar books. From IDW, it's Feldstein, Mad Life and Fantastic Art of, good old Al Feldstein, um, EC comic artist, mad artist. IDW is putting together another uh, woodwork-like retrospective of the man's artwork and life, and you can get it for $24.99. That's half off the cover price. Are you noticing a trend here? 
And from the great Fantagraphics, it's the Treasury of Mini Comics hardcover, a sequel of sorts to the new wave book that David and I love so much. Uh, it's, I liked it too, thank you very much. And Jason, <laughs> it's thick, it's meaty, and it's only $13.49. That's what that, she said. That's half off the cover <laughs> price. And remember, uh, if you um, like this, the 15th of April, if you file late, they won't care. See, DCBS is not the IRS. They will gladly take your order past the due date, and you can get your damn previews digitally for a dollar and change. And what what's that on the horizon? Oh, my God. It's the best comic book convention in the world coming up on the 26th to the 28th in Chicago. I am, of course, talking C2E2. It's so close we can taste it. Oh, you sucky sucky. It's going to be at the West Building at McCormick Place. Guests include Azarello, Remender, Cornell, Amanda Connor, Andy Diggle, Brian Wood, Jim McCann, John Lehman, Mike Norton, Chris Burnham, Tony Moore, and many more. (laughs) And uh, if you're not satisfied with just a boatload of comic book people, there's going to be entertainment folks there, too, like Diamond Dallas Page, Jake the Snake Roberts, the cast of some show called The Walking Dead. I don't know what that is. Julie Newmar, Brian Posehn, Adam West. It's going to be crazy, crazy. Go to C2E2.com and pre-order your tickets because if you do, you get $10 off. Three-day pass is only $55. It's going to cost you 65 at the door. That means you're going to have to skip lunch that day. So, April 26th through the 28th in Chicago, C2E2.com. Be there. And you can see us. And you can see our guest there because his name is Slurmo. <laughs> we forgot to introduce him. Also known as Bob Garonelias, and he is the best man. We love him. Say hi, Bob Gar. Hello, everybody. Hey, Bob Gar is going to tell us a little bit about what he's going to be bringing to the C two E two table. Uh, did you guys tell me Chris is ready? Yes, Chris is ready. Oh my goodness! This, this is just no. <laughs> this is going to be a a a packed show. That's what she said. He's coming on right now. Christopher, are you there? Fucking hell, I hope so. Yeah, we we have a guest. Oh, do we? Yeah, Bob Gar's here with us. We didn't think you oh. were going to make it, so we pulled into Bob Gar. No, that's cool. <laughs> Word of warning, fucking call recorder. That's the fucking culprit. Yeah, I wasn't too pleased with that. Oh, it kicked yeah. off started Skype? Yeah, call recorder was causing a... Um, a, a crash on skype every time i so i had to troll the internets and go to many weird backwater places to find out that it was call call recorder so hey bob gar what's going on well just hanging out here i've been uh waiting on the drink roll call since you weren't here oh, look at you. well <laughs> i am i am i'm a little under the weather so it's actually good that you guys called <clears> in a guest because i may not be here for all of the whole thing so i'm drinking whiskey and tea whiskey <laughs> How about you guys? Hot, a hot Neesman. A hot Neesman. No, it, they're separately. The, the whiskey is cold and the tea is hot. Oh, okay. You're chasing the tea with the whiskey. Vice versa. Right. Or all together. Vince, what are you drinking besides water or Peppy Mac? Actually, I'm not drinking Peppy Mac. Oh. I'm drinking uh, Coke, one, uh, Coke Zero. Coke Zero. Oh, yes, good. it's very good. Nice and sweet. Like me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bob Gar, you? I am drinking a Coca-Cola product as well. I'm drinking Coca-Cola, but I'm chasing that with a little uh, Ron Bol... Well, I've never said this out loud. Ron Potran Anejo. It's a 
Twelve years from now. tight. Wow. Twelve-year-old rum. Oh, nice. Look at you. I like that. Classy. Bob Carr's always classy. Listen to future guests. That's right. That's right there. Bring your A goddamn game. Let him say it again. I want to hear it. Say it. What are you drinking again? Chasing it with? Ron. Ron is a rum. Ron. Botran. It's an echo. It's a 12-year Solero blend. That's awesome. Damn. Sexy voice. It is. So are you coming out of Chicago way next weekend? Well, yes, I am. And we have a booth. Nice. Booth 1384. What is okay. it? Booth 1384. Okay, and we are at uh, Q16. Yeah, we're, we're yeah we're we're a ways of off, but when you're going over there to you'll hear us. You know, say say hello to Stringer. Mm-hmm. You know, take take a couple more steps down there, and we'll be back there. Oh, you know, we will. Are we going to go to Harold's Chicken Shack? No. Oh here. yeah. We have to. <laughs> we really have to. No, we you, really don't. You guys are still in spitball distance, so expect them. That's what I'm saying. That's so I, I take it they have the they have the maps out now. Mappa. Yes. That's how you say map. La okay. Mappa. As as uh, I was I was saying before we recorded, uh, the map today did not show us as having a table. Mm-hmm. But uh, thanks to none other than Mr. Ron, I get things done, Richards. <laughs> I, I reached out to him in about three seconds later. We had a table again, and uh, we were on the map. Really? Is it right by the bathroom? <laughs> I don't know, but it's it's actually in Artist Alley this year. Uh, really? That's sweet. It's weird. Nice. It's it's like there's a row of, of podcasts, but there it literally is in, like, we're row Q, and right across from us are artists, and then right behind us are artists. So so when, when we're not spitballing Slurmo, we can spitball like Mike Norton and Scotty Young. Can, oh, that would be a Jack treat. Norton. We yeah. need pretty big spitballs for Norton, though. It's true. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. They got to stick. Hey, I want to say something before we move on. We didn't do, we're still doing drink roll. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Oh, my fault. My bad. My bad. It is your bad. Jason, how about you? Uh, I am not drinking uh, Coke Zero. I'm not drinking Peppy Mac. I'm not drinking 12 year old rum either. Drinking Diet uh, Pepper. I am drinking Diet Dr. Pepper. That's correct, Dad. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Somebody's really spiking the the meter here. I know. Yeah, I think, I think someone's cell phone's on. Oh, gotta be Bob Gar. Damn. No, not me. Oh, not me. Not me. Not me. I don't. Oh, not wait me. a minute. No. Uh, no, 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 no. Come on, me and a cell phone. Get out of here. Yes, that's true. <laughs> that's true. And what are you drinking, David? Uh, well, I feel left out now. I want to go downstairs and get a bottle of the Mexican Coke we brought home. Um. But well, doesn't that come in a bag? No, no. Oh, See, I should have had it. I should have had it because Bob Gar is here tonight. But I should have. Um, it, it's it's made with real sugar. Exactly. There was a. Um, we were actually. It's funny. It's it's. I think. I think this is why they did. It. We we picked up a case of of twenty four bottles at Home Depot, and I figured they had it there to make the workers feel at home. But the, the Jesus, <laughs> David. We we, we um, that's racist. We saw that, and and Renee's like, you know. We we had to. We didn't pick it up the night we went for um, for any of the crap we bought for the lawn. So we had to go back the next day after work so she could have have her coke. But it's um Eat it, it is so it is so damn tasty. And uh, but no, I am I am sipping on some uh, some Buffalo Trace, and because we've been waiting so long for Chris, really? the ice melted. Right. Oh damn oh. it! I'm sorry, I had technical it's issues. Still, it's still goddamn tasty. It's a wow. fucking miracle that I figured this out on my own. To, that's to true. Give You're right. Don't sell yourself short, Christopher. 
I'm telling you. Um, so, so what do you have, Vince? Is that everybody? I have, yeah, I have something I, I'd like to say because I'm overjoyed. I'm just, I'm just dancing with glee because uh, the Johnny Wad of comic book podcasting is back. If you've been paying attention, the dude that makes us all look like that fat guy under the leaky porter potty in, uh, if you've ever seen, uh, Terra Firmer from Troma, he makes us all look like that by comparison. I am, of course, talking about Tom Caters. He's, he's, be- so what? He's back and he's talking about Jimmy Olsen of all things. Do you Wait, need, pardon me? Yeah, Tom did. It's, 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 it's Tom, Tom versus Jimmy Olsen for a week. Just for a week or for? I'll take for it. Week? I'll take the week. A week, at, a week of Tom is better than a whole year of, of this garbage. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I love that you have finally figured this out, Vince. No, I love Tom, and I, I was just really, really happy to see him doing his thing again. That's I guess he has a, a down period, and the portfolio's done, or whatever he was talking about. I don't pay strict attention. But, He's uh, uh, it's just a portfolio school for advertising. There you go. And, and he had some time to kill, and what better way than to do what he does best, in my opinion? Make yeah. us all look bad. Tom's great. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Also, I have a quick question. Wait, wait, wait shout out. What's, our, what's, our, what's our table again? Q what? Q16. Q16. Okay, I'm looking on the back. Uh, I just want to shout out the No Apologies podcast. Uh, I was uh, a guest on episode 124 last Friday. I believe it mm-hmm. uh, got posted yesterday. Uh, it was actually a really, really good time. We chatted for over three hours. Um, Holy mackerel. Yeah, Daryl Taylor is the, uh, I guess, I guess they're all co-hosts kind of like us, but, uh, Daryl invited me, but our, our boy and C2E2 roommate Chris Campbell is uh, another one of the regulars there. Love him. Rafael Sands, Chris Kazicki. Love them. Um, Tom King, who we actually talked about his, uh, his work in Time Warp a week or two ago. Um, so yeah, I had a real, just a blast. They're, they are, they're all also listeners, so thanks guys. And, uh, well, for those that want to hear more, more of my, uh, highly opinionated views. <laughs> you can listen to that. And just uh, to give you a little heads up as to what we might be talking about, the episode is titled "Where My Bronies At." So, oh no! <laughs> Every successful podcast episode ends in a preposition. Exactly. Yep. Ooh, we're right across the aisle from J. Scott Campbell. That's Yay. not good. Why? That's very good. He's popular. Oh, no, it means we're gonna get. There's gonna be people packing our row all the no, time. No, no. It was. It's just like whenever Adam Hughes was was kitty corner from us. Was that good? It was fine. I got over and got a, a little, um, a little scale. Oh, Comfort and Adam Withers are, are right over by us. That's nice. Oh, that's I like cool. Them. They're nice people. So before uh, we get started. Just uh, let's give our guest uh, the benefit of the doubt and let him, for those who don't know, let him tell the people listening what he does and what he's bringing to C2E2. Ooh, boy. I think we lost uh, David. Oh, no. So why don't you do that while I get David back? Oh, yeah, we did. I am a part of the... I'm not ready for this. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Um, No scripts, buddy. uh, John Westoff, a.k.a anti-drummer on Twitter and Johnny the Homicidal Drummer on the EOC forums. Where can they find that, David? Oh, you're not on. (laughs) Humor. I like it. Um, Oh, boy. uh, He's he's essentially the publisher, (laughs) although we we do share uh, publishing duties of King Boone Press, and we put out uh, Vince's magnificent artwork. Oh, Jesus. 
in uh <laughs> in various forms. He's got what what is it, a four pager this year? Yeah, four pages. Low concept three. Nice. Uh, beautiful Dave Wachter uh cover. Oh, it's, and, that cover's awesome. Over fifty uh four mic creators. And that's gonna be excellent. We're at booth thirteen eighty four. We also uh uh publish on the web World's Strongest Mailman. That's John's John, Brian Bowles, and Friends uh, web comic, and we also do that in print, or he does, I should say. And uh, we do B1 Comics, which I'll be premiering uh, issue number seven. I can't wait. It's a great, C2E2. it's a great, yeah, it's a great comic. Yay! <laughs> Thank you. And um, yeah, we're just there. And uh, last year and the year before, we kind of ended up being a little micro hub for the eleven o'clockers and. Uh, Basically, we hope to do that again this time. We do have guests this time around. Um, uh, Formite and uh, Kingbone Artists. We have um, Alan New Mutant's going to be there. We're going to have uh, Devil Hand from the forums, whose name is Greg, by the way. Greg? <laughs> nice. And uh, others, but I don't have <laughs> the the guest list in front of me. And, yeah. Um, there's nothing micro about you guys. You guys are an essential part of the 11 o'clock experience. And um, if uh, people come over to our booth and can't find us, chances are real good. We're going to be over at the King King Bone and, and with Bob Gar and, and all those True. guys. We're getting, yeah. tat- we're getting tatted up. One of the yes. Are you, um, um, Bob, are you coming in on Thursday? Are you going to be there? I will be in uh, late Wednesday night. Okay, Wednesday cool. Thursday or Wednesday? I think we're, I think we're gonna I think we're going to meet up at Revolution Brewing. On Thursday, so we're gonna have some have some beers. It's a thing. Is, are we are we official? Are we making this a official C two E? I mean a C two E two EOC hangout. Hey, if anyone can if anyone can find their way to the Revolution Tap Room and wants to come in and have a beer or two, I'll go for it. This is gonna be awesome. Oh yeah, my god, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Let's do I it. Think, uh, yeah, it I don't think why happen. not. You know, it's I mean it's off the it's off the beaten path a little bit. I mean it's definitely in north northwest side of the city. So um, yeah, I mean if, yeah, do it. You heard it's, it here, folks. If you want to hang out with uh, our wacky crew mm-hmm. and uh, drink some beers and talk some comics, Revolution Brewing. We'll post a link to the to the to the place on the uh, on the forum. But if you aren't a forum member, which many 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 of you are not. Uh, Revolution Brewing, nice. Yeah, yeah. And it's a it's a great it's a great tap room. And I this is post sliders though, right? Uh, that that'll be Friday night, right? Oh, that's Friday night. Oh. I'm gonna get, the, get you on the schedule. Oh, and I just taught I just happened to talk to a former guest of ours that might be coming out Thursday to hang out a little bit. Um, so uh, one Mister uh, Ryan Brown might be uh, dropping by for a beer or two. Oh, that's Sweet. great. Yeah, so. that guy's really cool. He's good. since we're waiting for Dap uh, and we are pimping. No, he's here too. Oh, what's here. up, Dad? Yeah, he's here. You're back, baby. Yeah. Oh, can, can I give the official uh, signing and uh, sketch uh, guests for the Kingbone Press booth? Of course you Absolutely. can. Absolutely. Okay, because they're all Formites, so I want to shout them out. We have yes. John Boren. We have Eric Williams. Hey. We have and- Andy Jewett. Sweet, awesome. I, I know nice. him. Yep. Uh, Greg Golem. That's uh, Devil Hand. Mm-hmm. Alan White. Myself, I know Wendy will be there as well, and we're going to try to s- squeeze in uh, as many people as we can. Cool, uh, but that's awesome. D- different people's uh, schedules would vary. Uh, we're g- going for about two hours a piece, and we will have uh, you know little flyers to give out. So anybody needs 
uh, any commissions or uh, just signatures because some of them just write. You think Wendy will talk to me? I hope so. Uh, she uh, she's a great person, but she does get nervous around new people, and she kind of gets shy. And <laughs> she, 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 there, there's a story. I wasn't there. I wasn't there, but oh, I know what you're talking. about. Yes. Uh, she's cool. She got mad she, at me. She, yeah. No, no, no. She she uh, she mellowed out afterwards. It's it's all it's all bridge or water under the bridge now. It is. Yeah, cool. yeah. Um, yeah. Wendy's uh very emotional. Almost as much as yourself. I'm sure that she's loving to hear this right now. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, you know her. Yeah. Oh, I know Wendy. Yeah. Uh, well, what, what is the term, uh, the phrase, uh, where's the heart on the sleeve? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Very, very... Or, or girl. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's do a live tweet. How about that? Sure. And I got. To, I actually have comics to talk about and shit. Ooh, so me too. Not looking forward to it, though. Um, let <clears throat> Jason, you pick. You always grab the good ones. Well, listen, uh, I mean, I think just out of, by the karma gods and uh, tying back into something you said, Vince, last week about, um, there was an EOC tweet last week where someone said, "What do you? who are you most looking forward to meeting or seeing other than ourselves? And you said Mr. Lance Kaiser, which I think was an excellent choice. Yes. And so I have to say, in, in keeping with the karma there, Mr. Kaiser asked us a, a live tweet. He said, what comic item from your childhood do you still have or wish you still had? Could be books, toys, posters, whatever. That's easy. Go ahead. Oh, I have to get to go first? Yes. Okay, I think I talked about it before. I had a Batman playset. Oh, yeah. That was a, uh, it was essentially made out of cardboard, but it was covered in vinyl and it was it was a rectangular box like construction with two flaps and on one flap when you flapped it down it was Gotham City and the little doors opened uh in in the main part and you could a little playset and on the other side it was the bat cave and it was like a little suitcase type thing where you got these cardboard cutouts of batman and robin and catwoman and it, like the whole gotham gang and they had these little tiny yellow slot bases that you would stick the 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 cardboard cutout into it you could just play around you know in, as batman in, in gotham city in the Batcave. and i don't know what happened to the damn thing i don't know whether my grandmother threw it out or i just got tired of it and it found its way into the hands of another kid i don't know what happened to the damn thing but i loved it to death and it's it's a really cool piece um and b planet of the apes treehouse i loved <laughs> the planet of the apes treehouse yes nice yeah. Which was really the Action Jackson treehouse, I think. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Just to keep it on topic for Twitter, because somebody was mentioning Action Jackson today. Gotta love Carl Weathers. The, um, love the Carl Weathers. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, so Vince did A and B. My, um, I, not the top of the, um, not rank number one, but, um, my Secret Wars toys like daredevil and dr doom and spidey and wolverine with his removable wrist claws uh and their but, mighty shields each and, and every one and of everybody, them yeah with their with, with, with their <laughs> lenticular shields yeah uh but i think uh, as far as a book one thing i think about often that i wish i still had was a um marvel treasury edition of Spider-Man team-ups with mm. the X-Men, with Ghost Rider, with um, – it was four reprints 
of uh, various Spidey team-ups over the years. And one thing that always sticks out to me is, aside from um, Spider-Man pulling up his mask to his nose so he can max some some Jean Grey and and, and swing away, was that you... It was my first um, meeting with the orb and and seeing him remove his helmet and it just it 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 pretty much I, I could care less about how many appearances he's had or how many times he's fought the Ghost Rider, but it pretty much made the orb a character that I always want to see. And just mostly because he's corny as hell because he basically his power is he went and fell off his bike and gave himself road rash so that's why he he wears the helmet but that is one book that i wish i still had big old oversized treasury edition nice i like that one um i still have the first comic i ever bought and um we've talked about this before it's hanging up on my wall it's a uh, marvel premiere number 57 and Will always be one of my all-time favorite comics. It was uh, the the introduction of Doctor Who in comic book form to oh, the yes. American mar- market. Uh, and it's Tom know, Baker Doctor Who. It was Tom Baker, absolutely, yep. with uh, just an absolutely brilliant and iconic Walt Simonson cover. Yep. If if you see it, I mean, it's it's classic Simonson, and uh, and inside the artist, not too bad, uh, little Dave Gibbons. Simonson did for Tom Baker's scarf what. Todd McFarlane did for Spawn's Cape. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's all over the place and very organic looking. And yeah, it's fantastic. It's one of my all time favorite covers and in the first comic I ever bought. So, yep. oh, speaking <laughs> of covers, I'm sorry, before Jason and, and Bob go, the, the, uh, the Treasury Edition had the, um, had Spidey, had actually had, had everybody he teams up with in the Treasury Edition. Uh, and, uh, at, Whoa. What oh. is that? Yeah, it's crazy. It is uh, nuts. The, the the back cover uh, is in, in what in, in the f? In the, it's the vril. Is and on the back cover in in Spidey's um, spotlight is uh, the, all all the villains that our heroes meet in the issue, and I always dug those two covers. But all right, I'm done. Go ahead. Uh, for me, it would be my GI Joe collection. Match. Uh, you know, I'm sure I'm one of millions of kids who has that story where mm-hmm. they had something they treasured and then their parents gave it away or sold it. And uh, as I look back, I was a fairly spoiled kid because my parents were divorced and so my dad would pretty much buy me toys all the time to try and earn my love. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. So the net of it, though, is that I pretty much had every single G.I. Joe toy for the first seven series. And treasured them, and then my mother decided one time to just put them into a uh, like a garage sale and sold them off for like pennies on the dollar, much oh, to my no. chagrin. You had the terror dome. Had the terror dome. Oh man. Had the flag. Had everything really. But anyway, so uh, you know, being that sucks, dude. I would love to still have that stuff just to even have my kids be able to to check out. But uh, what's so the what's the aircraft carrier? Did you have that? The flag. Oh, okay. The SS flag. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> a brief segue. Um, Jason, did you happen to read G.I. Joe Special Missions 1 and 2? No. Oy. Is that the Galicia? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, I did look at the first issue. I, like, I did the, what is that? Uh, I don't know. It sounds like Morse code. 
It's not it's me. It's definitely it's a cell phone interference. It's it's a cell phone signal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what that is. Piercing the fragile membrane of our reality. I don't know. That's really baffling. Bobgar, childhood memories, and I go. Don't have a childhood. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or memories. Uh, came right out of a test tube. Yeah. No. As far as uh, comics, I didn't start reading until uh, I was thirteen. So I bought and have everything I ever have owned comic book wise. So <laughs> that's, that's awesome, though. Eh, well, it is, but you you still make mistakes when you're 13. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I sh- probably shouldn't have bought. <laughs> I can nice. remember a buddy of mine who uh, was local at one time, and his mother or uh, stepfather—I don't know which, which one it was—got a job in in um, New York, and so they moved. And I was a very gullible child, obviously, because Raymond said to me, Hey, can I borrow a big stack of comics to read in the car? Oof. And I said, Sure, why not? And I gave him a ton of like giant size Marvel books and Hulk books and, and, uh, Marvel two in ones, just like really good stuff. And obviously I, I never ever saw them again or Raymond, but say la vie, right? What was he? Did he do it intentionally? Or? Oh, I'm sure he did. Yeah, oh, that sucks. Yeah, that's my that's kind of friends I had when I was little. Eh, well, we yeah. all do. And now every time I see um, a cover of one of the books I remember giving him, I kind of wince a little bit. Like I'm. Yeah, hmm. no, I know what you mean because of the books that I had to leave behind in Mount Vernon. I yeah, I still get uh, I, it makes me twitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, if if I'm gonna be. Um, truthful about it, I sold to go to pay for my first semester of college. I sold X Men ninety seven through like two twenty mm, to, to yeah to to go to to go to college. So it's not ouch. <laughs> yeah, that hurts. Yeah, I had like a it was a I, ca- I hope to think it was worth it, but yeah. But you know what? You came out on top because you can get those things in reprint editions. You can trip over one of those now. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah I've, got, so, I've got. I have most of those in in reprints now. There you there's go. The, see, but there's still some <coughs> where mm-hmm. I, I just I I know I can still read the story and I still have the memories of it. But there, I, I'm still I'm still stuck. It's it's. I don't think I'm ever going to lose it. But I'm still stuck on wanting or it means more to have. The first printing of something, right. especially especially a yeah, it's weird that way, it? Yeah. it is because I mean I could I have I, I have a trade paperback of the saga of the Dark Phoenix, but it's mm-hmm. you know I don't own those original Claremont Burn issues, but I, I've got I've got a kick ass Tony Moore sketch in the Walking Dead Volume One trade. It's second print, and, yeah, it, and it doesn't bother me until someone pointed it out, <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, you know, it shouldn't bother me. You know, but but yeah, it's just like, but I know, you know. So I can I mean, sympathize with David, though. It's it's great that you have trades that you know you can have a first printing of a trade that collects you know the first six or twelve issues of Welcome Back Frank from the Punisher. But it means a little bit more to me if if I have those original twelve issues even, first. Even even though you know I got the um, the Rocketeer Artist Edition, the right. second volume of that. Oh. And that doesn't matter to me at all because all I want with those books is to see reproductions of right. It's yeah. noir. I, I I don't have those books for the collectability issue of it. I I just want to see Dave Stevens' art reproduced as close to 
I will ever be able to see the originals as possible. So it's like something like that. That doesn't that doesn't matter to me. But even, uh, even the first printing of that Rocketeer book is still reprints of the original issues. Right. But I, I, uh, it, well, reprints of the original art. I mean, right, the, right. technically they're all reprints of the original art, David. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, right, right. You know what? I think the Rocketeer in particular looks mm-hmm. looks far, far better in black and white. I, I don't. I don't think the. Co- oh, I don't see. I. I don't own a version of that um, original Rocketeer story in color that does any justice to the original art, like um, the black and know, white stuff does. Big, big deluxe slipcover that they did a couple years ago. It was recolored and done really nicely. But nicely. I'll agree with you. There's just something about that pulpy feel of the black yep. and white that I love. And uh, you know that was that was kind of done in my opinion at a time where coloring was going through some transition time. I mean there was there was you know it's about fifteen years where coloring was kind of shit, and yeah. and it still has its moments um, here and there. There are very very few um, people like you know like Val and um, uh, oh gosh you know we can name some of our favorite colors. I like J photos and those guys that have a, a subtle hand, um, right? You know. It's, Chris is right. Coloring isn't too bad in this deluxe edition. Well, that was a time when the color process was was maturing, uh, especially at Eclipse, because they were devising little techniques where they would color right on the plates. They would, and really? then and then later they would. Sh- yeah, they had this. I forget who did it, um, but uh, didn't Wagner do that for some? Uh, no, uh, Michael T. Gilbert. Didn't they? Oh. They colored right. Right on a plate, and then they, they, I don't know how they made the separations from the plate, but they were doing some funky color stuff at, at Eclipse. Yeah. Nice. Nice. But I want to, you, you were going to say that, you know, you, you agree with me. I, I do. I do. On the vintage stuff versus, um, reprints and stuff. Yeah. And, and you know what? If, if, if you brought this up months ago, I'd be like, ah, the reprints are fine. You don't need the original stuff. But, um, Presently, I'm in a um, a vintage sci-fi paperback kick, yeah, you are. and cool. and and no, I'm re- I'm reading um, like Lensman, the 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 uh, the series Lensman, E.E. Uh, e. Doc Smith, and I got a bunch oh, of cool. I I bought a what, a, else, what else did he write? Why is that name super familiar to me? Oh, because he's he's a legend. The dude has um tons of of sci-fi ser- series that uh resonate um lensman in particular is, should be very familiar to you because it's essentially the green lantern core hmm. i mean almost beat for beat it's it's not the silver age green lantern stuff and up not the original green lantern but anyway what, what was i going to say um and, and I, I won a, uh, a a big lot of vintage sci-fi paperbacks, and I did not get all of the Lensman books. And I'm reading it, and I'm smelling the paper, and I'm feeling the 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 the, the feel of that old pulpy crap ass, um, you know, paperback uh, paper that they used. And I, I want to get subsequent volumes in the series. And I'm looking on eBay, and I'm thinking that was printed in 2002. I don't want that shit. I want an original one. I want one from like 1960 because they smell and, and they feel and, and you know what I mean? They smell like old books. They, I love the smell of decaying paper. I do. Like when it gets real hot in the summer, I don't put the air conditioner on for a little while just to come in the room and smell the paper starting to break down. It's awesome. And then, of course, I realize what I'm doing and I put the air conditioner on. But, 
Um, I do have to agree with you. Uh, old newsprint. Like yeah. for me, I, I don't mind getting digital comics, like uh, reprints of stuff that. But th- there's like a certain point where, uh, you know, the, the certain type of a uh, newsprint and a certain age of uh, like 70s and 80s yeah. uh, comic books is just like mm-hmm. they're just just incredible just to have and smell and that's when you care about the about the ads and you read the ads yep yep the letters pages i was just thinking the other day i i haven't read a letters page in like a modern comic and i can't even tell you when you know but you you know you throw me an old uh back issue and i'll be like i'll read the letters i'll i'll scan that book uh you know cover to cover but yep tm maple stuff you always run into a tm maple letter Oh yes, always, especially in Amazing Heroes. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Can I, I want to talk about some some not paper comics. Ooh, what? I that, know that's cool. What? Um, I I found a couple um, web comics that I'm really digging on. One is is serious, and one is very very not serious. Do tell. Bring it. So. Uh, have anyone been reading the Thrillbent comics? Of course. Yeah. So Not religiously, we... but yes. Yeah, well, right, same thing, same here, but I, yes, I have. Really, really enjoying Insufferable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yes. I think it's fantastic. So it's, uh, it's Mark Wade and, uh, gosh, who's the artist on that? Um, ah. Well, Peter Krause is the... Krause, right? Just... Yeah, okay. So, if you're a Mark Wade fan, there's... Or even if you're not a Mark Wade fan, there's no reason to not be reading Insufferable. It is uh, if you liked his um, uh, Irredeemable, um, it's it's probably a pretty a pretty easy transition. It's kind of his. Uh, I don't know if I want to say dark look at at heroine and crime fighting, but you know it's it's certainly you know left of center. It's it's a different look at the at the uh, the sidekick come of age. And uh, I I really enjoy that. I'm just in the first volume, and uh, and moving on. But um, the second one is is totally a strip style uh, comedy uh, web strip. It's uh, have you guys read Corporate Skull? No. You need to read, especially if you work in a uh, corporate or cube environment. David, you will love this. Ooh, okay. It's called Corporate Skull. And it is the uh, the many deaths of Alan Buttons, and uh, uh, it takes place in London. And uh, and poor Alan is a uh, a slave to the corporate grind, and is very disenfranchised with the with the life that he leads, and uh, the uh, the jerks that he has to work with, and the the pretty girl that that pays him never mind there uh, until one day he is in a horrific uh, copy machine accident that rips the skin from his face and uh, uh, reduces him to the corporate skull. <laughs> nice. Vince, you will like this strip a lot. Sounds right up my alley. It is. It, is it corporate. looks great. Is, it is. It's well drawn, and it is hilarious. It is irreverent, obviously irreverent. And, I mean, the, the, fir- the first page is, uh, is uh, Alan as, as corporate school uh, looking over the, uh, uh, the side of a, a cube at his office mate and says, I'm a bit bored, so I'm going to go do a piss out the window. 
and the and and the next one is is kind of one of the assholes that he works with, and just a straight. Str- it's a beautifully designed page. It's a straight stream of piss right onto his head, and then the building all on the side spells out "corporate skull." It's it's and it gets funnier from there. Nice. It is it is a very very worthy and funny office read. It's 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 a perfect one to to uh, while away your uh, your corporate uh, work lunch hours. So you're saying it's better than Dilbert? Uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of Dilbert for an even more irreverent generation. Yeah, cool. And they're they're not they're not single cell. Um, um, not that Dilbert was, but um, they're they're laid out more like uh, like full comic pages. I mean, this you can totally see this being collected in print form as yeah. a as a comic. It's laid out. They're laid out as comic pages. Oh. If I'm quiet for the rest of the episode, it's because I'm reading these strips. So. <laughs> it's it's really funny. It's, you can't have that. It is no, I can't. very very funny, and uh, it's uh, uh, J- Jamie Smart is the uh, is the creator. So yeah, I'm assuming that he's British because this takes place um, in London. So um, very very funny though. So that's uh, that's some of the uh, web comics I was reading back and forth from uh, from New Jersey. And uh, and Jason, your uh, your native state, it treated me well. I'm still recovering. I, I actually think that's why I'm a little sick. Uh, New Jersey kind of kicked my ass a little bit. Yeah, I, I lived a little vicariously through you watching your Bond squeal posts on Facebook. Yeah, man. I guess it's pig. A lot of fucking pig, man. A lot, yeah. lot, of, lot of pig, a lot of fish, a lot of uh, belly dancing, a lot of beer, a lot of booze. Some curling took place at some point. We actually went four and two. We uh, It was a three-game guarantee, and we played six games. So we uh, we were there until the bitter end. We were, we were getting off the ice after 5 o'clock on, on Sunday, and we had a 7 o'clock flight out of Newark. So we had to shake early and get the hell out of there and, uh, and, and get to the airport. But, uh, no, it was really, really fun time. It was uh, it was fantastic. Folks at Plainfield Curling Club were great, and uh, yeah, had uh, all in all a really nice time. That's great. I'm glad you had a good time. Sorry we couldn't hook up, but I was uh, Mr. Mom for five days while my wife was away, as you know. So I was knee deep in in logistics. All I have to say is I don't know how these women do it. It's pretty freaking hard. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, dude, I was like, I haven't found the box with the air holes drilled in it. In the, in oh, the it's ridiculous. <laughs> you guys, you guys, Jason, Vincent, did you get my um, forum message earlier in the week where I said something didn't click with me? Did you read that? I have read those issues. Yes. Nice. Would you like to talk about that for a so, couple minutes? Sweet, sweetly. Cool. Um, in the past, there have been a handful of writers that have always managed to click with me. And one of those guys is the great Joe Casey. Godland. Um, Butcher Baker, right? Uh-huh. Deadpool. Man has written a lot of things and all of them without fail find the mark with me. I think the guy's a brilliant writer. He's very funny. He does some of the, he's very witty too and very smart. Uh, he does some of the best letters pages. Uh, in current comics, because when Bob Gar was talking about reading <laughs> letters pages, uh, the letters, the back matter in Butcher Baker was as, uh, in, as an enriching experience as the front matter. It was just really good. And I gotta say, the, the back matter in this book was, um, <laughs> better than the front matter, uh, by far. <laughs> um, I am talking about Joe Casey's sex. 
which was uh, released by Image Comics, two issues to date, gorgeously illustrated by Peter Kowalski. Um, the book looks absolutely fabulous. Uh, color art by Brad Simpson. Here's the rundown. Uh, it's a man named Simon Cook, who uh, I perceived as an, uh, an analog for Bruce Wayne. Uh, the man, the man was once a, uh, very diligent crime fighter, uh, by the name of Armored Saint. And bonus points to Casey for using the name of an overlooked and underrated heavy metal band, uh, for the hero. So, so he was, he was a costume crime fighter called the Armored Saint. Also, the, uh, one of the top brass at, uh, his own company. Very, very rich man. Whoa. Very rich man. Um, uh, uh, who presided over this company in, in Saturn City, uh, and just decides one day, based on a promise to a dying woman, uh, named Quinn, to, um. Who's like an Aunt May, really? Yeah, kind of like an Aunt May type character. Yeah. He, he, he makes a promise to her that yes, he will jettison everything that has been stopping him from living his own life and uh living a you know an enriching life of of fulfillment uh turns his back on the city he leaves for an extended period um takes the costume off just just stops that turns his back on the people he pledged to protect and his business associates and his company just goes away and and when um when the first issue of sex opens uh, Simon Cook comes back to Saturn City and and tries to um, find himself. He 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 uh, lodges himself back in that that company uh, he abandoned and and tries to to build a life. Uh, yeah, and I, I realize that without the dark and the bleak and the low, you know, we can never have the the light and the hopeful and the highs. But I'm telling you, this book was entirely flatline for me. It, which is pretty amazing considering it's written by Joe Casey and it's absolutely crawling with coitus and canningulus. I mean, the book is dirty, right? Indeed. But, you know, like most of the characters in the book, I, I wandered through the, the whole thing as aimlessly as they did. I mean, I was disconnected from every event that took place in this thing. The, 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 the main character is extremely aloof disconnected uh, he he's he's pulled back from like i said from everything in his life to the point where i mean the guy does not have a pulse jason do you feel the same way not really no i mean um I, well i think that casey is setting us up to think that i think that you're supposed to view him this way because i think you're absolutely right this is an unapologetic analog of batman and to me, the early setup is, is pretty much perfectly evocative of the first Batman movie of the of the Nolan. When I say the, right. of the Nolan trilogy, you know, he Bruce comes back. He's been gone from Gotham for years. He's now trying to take an interest in his company again. People didn't know if he was ever coming back. It's it's very similar to that. But I also think that um, we're meant to view him as this really cold guy because how would a person like Bruce Wayne 
become a normal human. I mean, this is a guy who, through sheer force of will and determination, became almost inhuman. I mean, he he became so disciplined, uh, and and as part of his time uh, as a superhero, he was so consumed by it that he didn't have time for relationships or even sex. So, you know, I do. I think you're supposed to view him as this cold, detached I, guy. I agree, um, but. We are not given enough, there's not enough crumbs to follow the trail, or to um, to willingly follow the trail. There's nothing in this book to keep us going. Like, yes, the, the, the main character has, in the past, has had a, lived a lifestyle that would preclude him from engaging in a lot of things that generate, I guess, Emotion, like a relationship, and and uh, uh, not only a sexual relationship, just like a like like Bruce and 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 say um, Jason, or you know, uh, but th- there's nothing there to propel me to read more. Like I read two issues, and if if Casey has this grand plan that by the end of the first arc to 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 pull us into this character's world and make us actually care for him. I just spent six bucks on essentially what is like, say, the first chapter of a of a three segment arc. I'm assuming the sixth issue would be like the end of the first arc. I spent six bucks, and I have absolutely nothing to 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 propel me to read this thing. the 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 sex in the book is it seems unnecessary to me. I mean, it's just explicit sex for the sake of explicit sex, and it's and it's not even interesting sex it's like lackluster um weird middle ground not quite hardcore but not that use your imagination cinemax stuff you know what i mean it's boring sure well i will agree with that i mean um to 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 paint the other side of the the coin from what i just said i i do think two issues in it is a slow burn and did i not have did i not have a lot of instantiated faith in Joe Casey, I could see this having not done enough to keep me going. Yeah. So I think I'm on board for at least the first arc, whatever that may be, okay. just to see. Um, but I don't disagree with you that, that the, the first two issues didn't have a hook beyond – right now it just seems like we're going to basically see this guy's foray into – what I imagine is going to be some pretty puerile type of sexual release, right? right. And and I mean, what you did mention is he 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 shows up to a effectively a, a sex club, yeah, like a peep show, and it's a very conventional peep show, and they show two women having lesbian sex, and he's just sitting there, he just sits there, yeah, and completely detached. And then finally, even one of the women says, "Are you going to jerk off or what?" Hey, asshole! <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and then he doesn't, and the 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 window closes again, and he's sitting there. And then the owner of the place, a very buxom lass, opens the door, and she she is the Catwoman analog. Right, and it's she clear is. that in the past they they were arch they were nemesis, but also lovers. And she thinks he's come back to town to to be the hero again, and he's saying, "No, I have no interest. That's that's I'm just here to be here." And so she's talking to him, and that she leads him out of the room, and they start walking. In. And then, of course, the next room is this even more secret area, which is, to Vince's point, a, a, a big orgy room. And 
they keep walking and and then she basically ends up walking him to the exit and kicks him out. Right. Um, but even her, when when she saw him, he didn't really register. I mean, he registered with her. She obviously she recognized him as being someone from her past, but she didn't really care if he was there or not. She just opened the door and it's like, yeah, I'll see you later. Goodbye. It's true. So, you it's know, true. she. I he, mean, I guess I looked at. I, I totally agree with you. There, everyone in the books that we've met so far is very closed off emotionally. But I took that as being kind of the point. Now, again, I'm not saying that's going to be that approach is going to be enough to to pull readers in. And this this is he wants this to be an ongoing series. So mayhap, <laughs> you know, mayhap this wasn't the best approach. Now he's got all that. He's got all that uh, that Ben Ten money, so he he could yeah. probably, you know he could he could afford to put a couple arcs of this book, even if it's not selling that well, to gain an, 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 uh, an, a readership. But uh, no, I'm with you in the sense that I don't think it, it's the greatest start if he wants to really get the book consumed, but I, I'm not ready to write the book off. And I do think that uh, the, the sex that they do show is is rather mundane, I would yeah. agree. Um, and the, the most exciting, and I hesitate to use this word when I'm just in describing this scene, but, but the most exciting sexual act... Um, there's there's a, a crime boss um, in Saturn City. They call the old man, and he is an old man. I mean, he is weathered. His face is extremely wrinkled. He's an old, skinny dude, but he has power, and he ha- it seems like he has been in power for a while. And and he's doggy style and this beautiful blonde. I mean, he's got her on the on the thing, and he's going at it. You know what I mean? And and he pops a cap in her head, presumably during his moment his moment of release you know right. and he exclaims uh you know i'm doing god's job and i you know i felt nothing it, it's all pretty mm-hmm. senseless you know what i mean it, and that's a word i can use to accurately describe both issues the sex is like unbearably cold let me ask you this because this is why like you said, that... though, it's almost as if Casey has this experiment where he's writing this this series the way it's presented to transform like the emotional state of the reader to mirror that of the main character. Well, you know, what I mean? like we yeah. he's trying to make us feel what it's like to be walled off from emotion in in a sense. You know, because everything is so damn cold. But why did that scene in particular leave you emotionless yet? the kind of things we see in Crossed clearly appeal to you as a reader. Because the Crossed stuff is visceral. I mean, these are characters that can't help. They're monsters. They're they're inhuman, barbaric monsters. And this is just an old dude, an old power-drunk dude who's used to getting his own way to the point where mm-hmm. he completely disregards taking a human life. doesn't even matter right. to him. Um, a beautiful blonde woman. I mean, stacked, just gorgeous and obviously subservient to him to the point where she's letting him do whatever he damn well wants to do in a sense trusting him right and he kills her like that's a scumbag i i I have no feeling for that maybe in uh, you know when this character finally meets his end maybe we'll get some kind of fulfillment out of that scene like you prick look what you did in issue one now you're getting yours so there i'm I'm sure if it's casey there's going to be a payoff but right now i just thought it was just uber senseless and violent just for the sake of now, trying do you to think the because i thought the art was fine peter, peter oh, i thought the art's great the art awesome. is fantastic yeah okay i was going to ask you if you thought the art was no that's yeah. that's the one thing i really really appreciated was yeah, peter kowalski kowalski's art i mean it's in the dave gibbons kind of camp it's beautifully yeah. illustrated yeah. And, and i'll tell dave you gibbons. 
I know, but Jason, if you look at the if you look at the color art, um, Brad Simpson's color art, particularly in the first issue, it mirrors the emotional tone of the of the two issues I read because he renders it in this like flat, low key hues. I mean, there's very little gradients in the in the thing. But during the one part when the the color explodes is like in the sex club, he uses a dot pattern. I mean that was exciting, but it's 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 fleeting. It's 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 there and it's gone, and then the rest of the issue goes back to the flat colors. I, I, visually, I think the book is really sharp. I like the I like the visuals a lot. Sure. Well, all I would say is I, I mean you, we all can't. No one's gonna. Um, everyone has their own reaction to any work, so you yeah. know, your 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 reaction is as valid as anyone else's. But I guess I would just say I took the same detachment as part of the point and and maybe that's yeah i don't I disagree with you on that front yeah so uh, i guess i'll i'll keep reading it and we'll see if it has a uh a payoff um i'm gonna i'm gonna play my cards um slyly on this and not buy any more singles because you know image has a habit of releasing the the collected editions for the first collected editions for a new series at 9.95 sure. and our sponsor discounts them usually discounts them 50%. So I'll get it for 5 bucks and give Casey the benefit of the doubt. I th- I think he's a fine writer and has never oh, yeah. never done me wrong in the past. So I in this case if this was anybody else I would not read any farther. Mm-hmm. Well, if very few exceptions. And and Casey's one of them. All right, you crazy kids. You're going? <laughs> yeah, I'm hitting a wall. I don't want to be sick for you guys next week. And I have a shoemaking class this weekend. i got to be at my best. That that's is awesome. That's what we get. No, that's right, awesome. We'll, we'll, we'll hold off on the Wasteland chat then. Yeah. Are we gonna, let's do Wasteland whenever we get back from, uh, from C2E2. Okay. okay, that works so here. That'll give, everyone, that'll give everyone like three weeks to finish it up. Okay, yes, boss. So, because we're going to do our, our, our wrap up, and I feel terrible about leaving, but yeah, I'm, I, I feel kind of crapalicious. Well, it's not like we're going to see you in person or anything anytime soon, so. Exactly, exactly. So, we have a lot of planning to do. So, I'm expecting at least 10,000 fucking PMs over the next, uh, next five days. I think we already awesome. racked up that many on the damn phone text thing. Oh, I know. <laughs> like oh, you would Christ. Know. The the G me or whatever it is. Yeah. Group me. Get me Group off me. this damn thing. Yeah. All right. All right, George. Shane, get me off this. Exactly. <laughs> Bye, all right, Chris. Guys. Bob. I'll see you in a week or so. Yeah, it's good to hear from you, man. And we'll see you. Uh, um, yeah, Revolution Brewing. We'll uh, do a little Thursday night uh, uh, beer drinking and got to stretch the liver out a little bit for the for the weekend ahead. Yeah, I'm a I'm a rookie right now. I'm back to rookie status on my drinking. No, I don't so. that. So is Jason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. All hey, right, deadline comics. You stop drinking. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. All right, All right. Buddy. night, dude. That's a respectable sacrifice, there, Bob Gar. Yeah, almost uh, two months. Nice. Same thing for me. I, I don't think I've had a beer in, in two, three months. Same here. Yep. Well, I started drinking after I finished the issue. <laughs> well, there you go. Oh, oh. We are going to be stupid next weekend, honest to God, because we are such lightweights. Yeah. We're going to be. Thank you, David. Maybe we, it's, we... it's what I'm looking at right now. My wife. The sack. Oh, well, that what? too. I'm saving that for later. What you looking at? I'm looking at my Magic: The Gathering starter box. Nice. Which one did you get? Good question. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on a second. 
Uh, you know, you really didn't have to buy that because I am going to bring many, many decks. So oh, I know. I bought the Deck Builders 2013 Core Set Toolkit. I will teach you how to build a nice deck out of that. Respect. It's it's somewhat random. There are packs of cards in there that are not, and then they'll give you a bunch of booster packs to flesh out what they gave you. And yeah, yeah me and the kids a- opened the booster packs this weekend. We none of us had any idea if they were good or bad cards, but we thought that. I will say one thing that the uh, Magic has over Pokemon, which I've played a lot with the kids, is uh, the artwork for these p- cards is beautiful. Yes, yes, they are. And um, doesn't our own uh, Jim N do a lot of that artwork? He did. I I don't think he has anything in the new set, okay. but but he yes he has a history of doing doing magic cards and he does great cards, man. Oh yeah, his, his his work is gorgeous. Good lord, he does a lot of stuff for uh, the Warcraft set too. Okay, cool. Yeah, great stuff. But yeah, we'll be playing some magic. The the games get longer and more stupid as the night goes on. If we're drinking, which we probably will be, so. I love how he says probably. Yeah. And and um, big games, like say three or more people, have a tendency to go on very long. Oh, wait, you can play more than one versus one? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. There are a number of ways to play. You can play two-headed giant, which two players uh, pair off. You can just play, uh, like say, five or six people, just a free-for-all. Nobody, Everybody can attack everybody else. It's awesome. That's great. Yep. Nice. All right, we've bored the listeners enough. Let's talk about some comics. Hey, Bob Gart. Yes. What did you read? Well, um, <laughs> uh, nothing. No, well, uh, I don't know if you guys know I do the Earth 2 podcast, so I kind of shoot my wad on that. But there As is something that I've been... to David's cheek. Sorry. Whoa. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> wow. That's PG-13. Okay, um, but I have been uh, getting through. Uh, I don't want to step on any toes. If uh, Chris would wanted to cover this later, or you guys, uh, maximum minimum wage. Oh, Bob, Bob Fingerman. Fingerman. Yes, I love that book. Yeah. So um, I only had a, a few of the maybe three of the last issues of the original series. So of course this was a no brainer for me to buy. I just adore. Um, Bob Fingerman's work uh, from this era. Yeah, it's great stuff. That was, that was a hard series to track down back then. If you missed an issue, you're pretty screwed. Yeah, there, yeah. there was uh, there was a really good uh, comic book shop around here, and I'd uh, I was kind of out of comics for a few years uh, due to money. But I'd go once every like two three months and spend like twenty five bucks mm-hmm. on some indie stuff. And this was one of the series, and yeah, couldn't yeah. find those. Little- it didn't help matters that he restarted the series at a certain point so there was like you know which number one do you need the first run or the second run or yeah did you end up buying this no because i have all the issues okay this has one through ten it has i forget how it's titled as book one the pilot episode and book one the first the last episode so that has three versions of uh the first issue cool and one of them's about 48 pages. I'm only about halfway through it, but it is just fantastic. I mean, uh, those that don't know uh, Bob Friggeman's work, he just recently did what From the Ashes. I didn't pick that one up. Um, uh, you Deserve Worse, I believe, was a collection of his short stories. That is really good. Or You, z- you Deserved It. Hmm. I didn't um, I didn't get that either. 
Oh, that one's fantastic. You'd like this one where... Um, I, I think it's collected from the stuff that he used to do for like the porn mags. Yeah, I have a couple of those. Did you ever read uh, uh, Buying Baloney? Do I have that one? <laughs> no, I have the one with the... Um, I forget the name of it, but it's like Fero Women on this, this post-apocalyptic... Um, oh, Monkey Jank. Monkey Jank, yes. That's the one I have. Yes. And it's all... Uh, they're just trying to get laid. Yeah. <laughs> the guy has this huge... Well, you, you need to see it. Yeah, it's that's a fantastic book, too. Um, yeah, I just love Bob Fingerman's work. He did some... Uh, um, compilation uh hardcore compilation uh hardcore punk uh record covers uh back or cd covers back in the day and mm-hmm. it's just like it was all around the same time and it's just yeah it's just uh, something that i'm fascinated with and uh, uh this is a uh, a couple of the the relationship things are hitting a little closer to home than i expected from oh yeah mm-hmm. well that that's um pretty much an autobiographical comic well i was yeah. just going to say maybe we should set this up i mean what because you guys are uh, i think you you haven't really said what the book's about. You're assuming I think the people know what the book's about. So why don't you guys set up what the book's about? Go ahead, Bob Carr. Okay, sorry, I was taking a drink. <laughs> okay, you have uh, the Bob Fingerman uh, character is uh, Rob Hofferman, and his uh, girlfriend is Sylvia, and I can't remember her last name. Yeah, Sylvia's good enough, right? Yeah, she's and, Italian. And she's, yeah, she's she looks kind of Greek. She has that Greek nose. Very very dark hair, thick eyebrows. Yeah, she. Yeah, thick eyebrows. Are they Greek or Italian? I could have sworn they were Italian. Same thing. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, but this, this book is about their relationship and him, uh, like uh, Vince had mentioned, he's uh, it's uh, semi-autobiographical. Ah, semi-autobiographical. And he's working for, um, not Swank, but he's working for Pork Magazine. and yeah, uh, which is a Screw analog. Because Finger- yeah. Fingerman did stuff for Screw. Okay, with Screw Nut. Yeah. Um, and he, yeah, he makes fun of like the cracked magazines as well. Uh, those magazines of those ilk. And, uh, he's basically a struggling freelancer. And it, it's hilarious to read this. And it's just like, uh, with the exception of, uh, modernizing, uh, the technology used to drop off his portfolio and everything, how much it's still the same. It's just like, you, you just have to get your way in. And once you're in, you're in. But to get in, you know, it could take you years. But anyway, it, uh, to go back to what you were asking, uh, Jason, it, it's about the relationship. So in the first uh, issue, basically, um, they decide oh. to spend together. And from there, uh, you know, uh, things escalate. There's a uh, – she ends up getting pregnant, even though uh, I think there, she was on the pill and he was using rubbers. <laughs> mm. That's a and- tough spot. <laughs> and uh she decides to get an abortion. She's uh 6 years older than him. Uh she's uh 32 and he's 26. And she's very insecure. Um she she's a uh, she's both uh very uh, sexually uh, liberal or liberated and uh very uh comfortable with her body and showing it off like say at the beach which uh, you know was played for hilarity um because he wasn't that comfortable with but she's very very insecure and he uh within like the first three issues twice she's like you you do best to run away from me you you do best to just yeah dump me right now dump me right now like you you don't know what you're getting into and um well since i can't remember really what how this ends and i wouldn't have spoiled it anyway right 
Um, uh, I don't know what's happening uh, or what that's foreshadowing, but yeah, it's definitely very fascinating and it looks brilliant. It's incredible uh, cartooning and uh, there's sex and there's sex that isn't boring in this. <laughs> you're right. You're right. The the thing that really surprised me when I first started reading it is at, at first glance the book has this um in, in along the lines of what what Jaime Hernandez did in Love, Love and Rockets. I mean, it has this strong punk vibe to it, but Fingerman. The, I mean, that's just a smokescreen because the book is really heartfelt. There there are a lot of really penetrating emotional sequences oh. in the book and it, when you know when you look at it you think why wow, it's this it's this um you know uh really hard-edged punky kind of um you know let's go to the club and and get drunk and party and go home and screw and like it, it's it's misleading at first because they live a lifestyle that wouldn't lend you to believe that these people actually you know, it's very mundane. It is mundane, but he does it in a way that's exciting. I mean, these are things that I'm sure we've all experienced just, um, you know, coming up with our friends. So, hey, let's go club hopping and, and, you know, look for chicks and, and you find one and, and, you know, you start the relationship and, and there are certain hallmarks you, you, uh, encounter in a relationship and these people have those, but then you get big issues that affect the two of them and, they're they're a couple of punks, you know, but they have emotions and they have feelings and and she Bob Gar's right, she's a wreck. I mean, she is self-deprecating. I mean, she beats herself up all the time, but then on the exterior she's extremely strong in in certain company. Do you know what I mean? So, now I think it's a great book. It's it's just now, very, Vince, very good. You know book. me would would the way you're describing this girl is making me think I would not enjoy this book. I do uh, not, I uh, definitely do not think you would. Okay. Right. Yeah, wow. Fair enough. Yeah. I think just because a, I, I that's that that sounds like a uh, books that have characters like that particularly like self-loathing and self-deprecating yeah. Just, yeah. just do not do not connect with them. I'll, I'll give you one thing: you would very much appreciate the art, but I think you'd, the story and the characters would lose you. Mm, okay. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Fingerman's a great cartoonist. Oh yeah, and uh, going back to what you were saying, you know, it has like all the punks, and he could caricature anybody oh yeah and yeah. he is just unbelievably underrated you don't hear his name enough and, but everything looks like those old um disney cartoons where everything's bouncing and it has that kind of feel to it but mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't say mundane even though i said that earlier but yeah it's a lot really more down to earth like just day-to-day -day issues that they get in with and then there's the the fun issues where uh, they do go to a convention and he's gets no no sales and no sketches and that yeah. it's home too <laughs> he's a great character designer too i i like the look of a lot of the characters and, and it's really sly too because rob's eyes are kind of light and that that depicts his his character pretty well i mean he's he's a very i'll say call him honest wouldn't you he's a very honest mm -hmm. forthcoming character and then uh sylvia's eyes are dark and her, I mean, her hair's dark. She wears leather jackets. She's a very dark character. I, I not gothic, not that gothic no, no, bullshit. No. But you know, the the punky. I mean, she wears um, black stretchy pants and and the the black leather jackets. She's very dark, very um, skull earrings. Yeah, 
Yeah, she, she's she's kind of the, um, I mean, at first glance you would think, yeah, she's a tough customer, but she's really not. Yeah, it's 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 a really great series. It's, yeah, it's a very emotional. You, uh, the reason I've been reading this for, uh, I'd say over a week, and I'm about six issues in. It's just something you can't just mainline and just go through the entire thing, or at least I didn't want to. Right. I like, you know, wait a day uh, in between issues and just because a lot of the stuff. I mean, they are dense, the good kind of dense book. Right. Like the the issues are probably thirty pages uh, a piece, and um. Uh, it's not as dense as maybe a Peter Bag, but like hate, but it's along the same lines, though. Yeah, same type of storytelling. Yeah, yeah, def- definitely the same ilk, and uh, um, yeah, this is just one of my favorite books, even though I have not read the entirety of it. And so, yeah, once this came out, and of course, DCBS had it for fifty percent off. It was only yeah. like eighteen bucks. Yeah, oversized, has a little ribbon in it. It's one of the books. Um, that I would not want to interrupt with something else, like doing this this podcast. If I'll be honest, if I start something to read for the podcast and I get a, a comfortable way through the book, where to where I can talk about it um, with some kind of freaking authority, usually I'll put it down because I know I have to read something new for the next episode, and I would not do that with this book. Um, if I didn't read it, I, 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 I no, well, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Right. But I mean, I've been noticing that lately. Like I, I've started uh, a couple weeks ago, I started the commandy volume two omnibus and, and I, I, I didn't want to put it down because I knew I had, a, what am I going to bring to the table this week? Well, I wanted to bring commandy again, but I can't because <laughs> we, we need to mix it up and keep it fresh. Right. But I don't, I don't think I would, I would put a, use that ribbon. I, I want to, I would finish that whole book. Yeah, it's great stuff. All right, let's move on. I got a message. David, what you got a message from? Hmm? That said he got a message. I did. Go ahead. What you got, Dave? Uh, I'm 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 saving the highlight for in your travels. I'll go on a little bit about that. But I I read one thing that um I guess I like the story more than I like the art and um, that was the first issue uh, dedicated to Mr. Jim Starlin of Thanos Rising oh I haven't read it that's interesting by by written by Jason Aaron art by Simone Bianchi and it right. is um, I kind of dig what Aaron's doing as far as giving us uh, some backstory on on a young Thanos. Um, it's uh, you, you're you're getting to see where he comes from, how he uh, how he came to be infatuated with the, with Mistress Death, and 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 why he is who he is. We'll 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 find out. What's interesting is that. I noticed across the Marvel Cosmic comics is that the credits page are all laid out in in a movie poster style way, which is kind of neat considering next summer's movie is Guardians of the Galaxy, and we had Thanos and and as a cameo at the end of the Avengers movie, so it, that that's a neat little little nod. But um, 
I I was thinking as I'm reading this that that I really enjoyed um, Bianchi's Detective Comics covers, uh, and he does have a, a unique design style, but some of the panels or some of the close-ups on some faces, it just, it didn't, I wasn't wowed as, as much as I would have liked to have been, but it's, it's still, I mean, it's not, not that this is some grand, I mean, this isn't, I I hate to bring it up. It's not like it's Wolverine evolution where there's supposed to be some action or things moving at a pretty quick clip. This is, this is the origin story. And, and it, we go back to basically his birth and, and as a, a young child so it's not like you're going to get a lot of action in in this first issue particularly but i just as as i'm i'm reading it i'm just i'm looking at the art and i'm not i i don't know i'm i'm reading it and i'm wondering why did, did i ever think that that this was the next hot thing it just it, it struck me weird just to see because i haven't seen his art in so long anyway it um it was a little i guess surprising to see his art on this particular story paired up with jason aaron and um i'm i'm going to continue reading it because um because i want to see where aaron's going with it i i, I never really associated i guess yeah, I'm, I'm reading Thor, God of Thunder, and and I've enjoyed his Wolverine and his Hulk, but I never really pictured Jason Aaron, he of scalp fame, writing not just Marvel Cosmic, but but Marvel's big bad cosmic character, and and it's 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 actually it's I guess I don't know if I had low expectations. I didn't have any expectations going in, but I am I am quite pleased with with what I'm seeing so far. And what was that called? Thanos what? Rising. Thanos Rising. Yes. Wow. How's Bianchi's art on that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just asking. Are you? Yeah. Are you, you're asking because you haven't been listening? Um, uh, yeah. No, I yeah. Uh, I know. Um, but I, I I did I did think that, and I've I've been aside from trying to defend myself from from. Killer Cat, I've been reading um, Wasteland, because eventually we're going to talk about it with, with Christopher. Um, and uh, I, I've, I've kind of... I, I'm also, you know, still watching stuff. I'm, I'm, um, I'm trying to get back after the past couple of... Um, after the past week or so of, of trying to watch things as, as they were coming out on broadcast tv I'm, I'm i'm going back to to trying to get back to fringe on a regular basis especially now that some of the things i've been watching are are wrapping up their seasons i'll be able to continue plowing through season three so i'm not reading as much as i i'd like to because I'm, I'm also i'm not trying to i guess i also have in the back of my mind that i'm going to be going away for a few days and i'm not going to be able to sit and read as much as I'd like to, so I'm I'm trying to not get caught up or, or be so up to date where I'm reading something and then by the time we come back from Chicago and everything, I'm trying to remember what the hell I read. So I'm kind of weaning myself off of of staying on top of things up to the last minute 
before we leave, and then I'll just catch up on things when we get back. So I'm I'm a little out of it as far as that goes, but I'm I'm really looking forward to talking about my my inner travel. So I mean, I'm I'm focusing on that right now. You bringing your iPad or no? I probably will because of where we're staying, and and I I, I I'm not expecting Wi-Fi at at McCormick, but. I might. Just, I'm, not ex- I'm not expecting cell phone at, at McCormick. <laughs> uh, so I mean, I'll I'll probably have it just so that I can read what I already have downloaded. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm bringing it. I may bring mine, but I'm going to leave it in the room. I, oh, yeah, I, I'm not going to bring it, it to the show. I'll take it to the con. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Jason, where'd Jason go? I don't know. Oh, sorry. I hit Paul. I hit the back. So. Um, but Yankee is an interesting cat, right? He he seems to be another artist that's really divisive. I I hear him. There are very few people that just like his work. It seems that whenever his name is brought up, I hear people say they just can't stand it and it puts them off, or people seem to love it. Like I I definitely think, um, and maybe it's because it is somewhat unique. He's he's a hyper detailed painter. Uh, I mean, it's it's just hyper-detailed painterly work. And I think sometimes in a colored comic book, it looks muddy. Um, I've seen how he's, he, his work is, uh, his originals are sold by uh, Sal Abenanti. Oh, and really? So have, yeah, yeah, he's he reps, they're really good friends. Um, and I have seen Simone's pages, um, and, and the, the, the originals are stunning. And they're huge. I mean, they're, 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 many of them are oversized and, and they're, you know, they're, they're, I think they're stunning. But I think they lose a little bit of their dynamism when they're colored and shrunk down because he's so detailed that I really think the shrinking process hurts him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I am, I have to say, I, I, when he was first coming on the scene, I really thought he was going to be like one of the, the, the big time studs of the business, but, I just I, I think his work looks stunning on a still basis, but I'm just not sure his 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 approach is ideal for you know small format sequential work. I don't know. I I really respect and admire his work. Yeah. But I I think he has a tendency to make everything organic. Looking, yes, yes, buildings, yes. weaponry. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, it, everything looks like it was grown, which is yeah. would, which is kind of cool. Awesome if he did, uh, like, if they did a comic, a GI Joe comic featuring Galobulus and uh, Cobra Law. <laughs> yeah, or but, but, you know but, what I mean. Like, I would love to see him do Man Thing or say Ego, the Living Planet, mm-hmm. or something like that. But but like Rom, I'm sure he could kick the shit out of the all the reflections of Rom's armor. But every everything like the the, the metallic and and the the, the he could the, do like a witchblade, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure he could. You know what or I was, the darkness. I, while while I was while I was reading Thanos Rising, there's one page where where you see the 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 main the title character. It reminded me of I, I, the person who I would have probably preferred to see draw this. Remember when? Pascal Ferry and 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 Mike Carey kind of relaunched Ultimate Fantastic Four. Yes, that's the art that I was reminded of, and I just felt that Ferry would have done a. It was almost like he was trying to be Ferry with this issue. Mm-hmm. 
I would like to see Bianchi, um, instead of using the, the, the uh, grayscale washes that he uses, I would love to see him uh, be limited strictly to black and see what he can produce. Mm-hmm. No, no tones, just just dead on, dark as night, black, and and see what kind of art comes out of that. Let's see if I can see who colored this. But while while, while we're talking about it, um, uh, colored by uh, Simone Peruzzi, which I believe they they've worked together. Well, maybe they're related. Before, yeah, because the same first. Yeah, the same first. Sure. <laughs> right, exactly. Because we're we're Bajoran, so yeah, why not? That's right. Um, God, no, another Star Trek reference. Good lord. <laughs> you asked yeah. for it. Yikes. <laughs> Whatever. And don't be shitting on David. <laughs> <laughs> That's his boo. Here's my boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, hey, let's do a live tweet. You know what? Because we, we get so many per week and we disregard so many because of the time constraints. Let's do a couple more. How about Mr. J. Riston? Asks, what are your favorite sources for finding new comics and recommendations other than each other? Ah, that's a wow! That's a good question, David. What are your sources of new comics? Oh man! Uh, besides you guys, yes. Uh, uh I do have um, uh, Andrew Shaw. And, and John Wimmer let me know about, um, cause they'll throw digital codes my way. So, um, and, and Andrew Russell as well on the forum. So, I mean, I know people through the show and through the forum, um, clued in if I'm not including you three. Uh, plus I will see what, um, what, what some of my buddies are talking about on Twitter or Facebook. So it really is, uh, social media that kind of, clues me on things because I don't I, I don't do previews anymore I don't um, I don't hit the publishers websites to see what they're doing I kind of wait uh, to see what other people are doing and I'm, I'm not I, I don't have the time really but I'm not at that point anymore where I'm looking for the next new thing I'm going to wait for the information to come to me so it, it's mostly social media hmm for, for me, it's it's previews still. I mean, I, I devour previews. It's sadly, I think I'm more excited by previews when it comes in my shipment than anything else. Uh, I just it's it's I usually when it comes on a Friday, I save it for Saturday morning. Get up, cook the kids breakfast, and then sit and read previews in our great room and devour it. So um, I, now that doesn't mean there'll be lots of times where I'll see something in previews and know it's coming out, but maybe didn't order it, and then someone else in our you know, f- wide net of a comics community will speak highly of the book, and that'll intrigue me to try it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. In terms of discovering works, it's uh, I don't know. I think previews is still my go-to spot. Yeah, I have to say the same thing. I live by the previews. Yeah, I'll uh, previews a sharpie. Uh, go first pass and just circle stuff that look interesting. And um, second pass, I'll actually Google the title of the book uh hopefully to find a website where i can see more if um all they have uh represented is a uh, my dog will you get out of here <laughs> get get lost you little <laughs> shit go <laughs> um maybe they have uh p- 
pages from the, the book in question. And now I, I just, I, I make about three or four passes through the previews just to, to try and find new stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Bummer? I don't look at previews. I can't even tell you the last time I've even seen one. <laughs> I do uh, scour the DCBS uh, website, though, when I do my pre-orders. Yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty much like looking at previews. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. but keeping it real here. Uh, basically, <laughs> well, I mean, it's true. I don't actually use previews, even though it's almost exactly the same, except for the other comics section, which, of course, I spend a lot more time, twice as long, you know, uh, on there just to go through everything, because, you know, you got the ad house and, um, you know, top shelf, everything uh, for a second. So I, I check those books out, and I just, I don't read the solicits, 90% of the time, so I just kind of dumb luck. And, um, that's fun, every, too. Yeah, that's every fun. Every once in a while. Yeah, well, if it's from, like, um, what am I blanking? Uh, like Picture Box or Ad House or, or somebody like that, you know, you could take a risk on a blind <laughs> blind purchase. You know? Yeah. So uh, I do that occasionally, and um, uh, John, every once in a while, would be like, hey, this will be for you, but he, he likes more comical stuff. Mm-hmm. So we always butt heads about that. It's all, what's fun? You don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> you, of course you don't like it. It's fun. Well, yeah. <laughs> this this past previews, um, I circled a book just because it was tied to um, a uh, a C movie actress that I really like, Misty Monday. And uh, I said, I'll check it out. And I'm glad I Googled it because the art in the <laughs> book was, I'm, I'm glad. You, you got a DVD of the movie that was tied to the comic and i mean it was relatively inexpensive like say six seven bucks uh but um not even the movie can get me to buy this this comic it just wasn't my cuppa you know what mm-hmm. i mean so i'm glad in that instance that i googled but i like to 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 shoot blind once in a while that's fun shoot blanks i hear that yeah speaking <laughs> of people you do lo- things that you do love though question from mr monster oh and uh, I think this will, given our ages, I'm sure we've had enough of uh, these that we can talk to it. Uh, every time, this is Monster speaking, every time I cut my hair, I think Mohawk, then I chicken out. What was your best or worst haircut? <laughs> wow. Vince? Yeah, no, the day I decided to, to cut my hair, like shave it all off, that was the best decision I ever made. Because I, I was rocking that male pattern baldness thing, and I'm like, Trying to, hey, hey, hey. I'm sorry. She won't let me cut mine. I, I was. She won't. She won't let me shave my head. You know, you try and work around it, like party in the yeah. back. He got long hair in the back. He's got hair. Nah, you know. And uh, one day I just said, "Fuck it." I went through chemotherapy. I don't really care anymore. You know, I lost my hair then, and it was a decent look. And ever since then, I just just kept it gone. Yeah, it's a good look for you. I couldn't imagine. But what about your worst haircut, though? Ooh, I'll show you my wedding photo. I've been, That's I've been, I was gonna say, yeah, I've been, I've, I've, I've been, I've been threatening flock of seagulls, man. I had, I had huge, big ass hair, like long, yeah, giant mullet, dude. giant mullet. Yeah, That's hilarious. and it got, and you know what? It got curly, like it was in ring oh, curls. Oh, it was nuts. That's hot. Yeah, David Coverdale. Type hair. That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. For, for, for me, as my friends that knew me back then, never, ever, ever, ever let me forget. Uh, sophomore year in high school, I thought it would be a good idea to grow a ponytail. <laughs> I had a rat tail. Yeah. <laughs> so I had this little rat tail with the rubber band holding it up, and it was just, 
just horrible. Just just a horrible look. Like, uh, just uh, not a good look, as they say. That is funny. <laughs> I did try ponytail once. Yeah, that nice. Was, yeah, that was. Um, I I do kind of miss the. Um, I kind of miss having enough to to kind of style a little bit. I I know I would save so much time if 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 I just if I went buzz and cropped it or whatever but she she wants me to hold on to what i have so it's i'll i plan on getting a haircut saturday so i'm definitely look like a mess next week but um yeah it's i i kind of always liked longer hair and i i still there are times where i'll i'll put on a ball cap and and for a second i'll i'll think back to to my days working behind the deli counter rocking the wayne campbell look and 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 you know, I just I, I I do miss a little bit of the longer hair, of course, and it was also thicker. But yeah, I, I don't think I, I think the worst is when I tried to force my hair to part down the middle, and that wouldn't happen. So yeah, yeah. Just, and you, you got you got to watch the the swirly. Like my uncle has been has oh, been going bald that. for years, and he's like a windsock. The dude has about a six six foot strand of hair that he just wraps around his head. You know. <laughs> that but i have this one i have i have some hair that will on the back of my neck will will try to curl itself around and it's like it's it's right there like if i try to to trim it or shave it myself it just it it almost comes back with a vengeance but it's um that annoys me like because of the way i brush my hair if it gets if it gets too long and no oh, i should say when i do comb style my hair if it gets too long it will kind of like flip out to the right behind my ear so the left side is nice it's straight it's it's going down but the right side will kind of flip out and and when i see a shadow as i'm walking down the, the sidewalk or something it, it like it just I, I you, you got a, you got a hook it is it's crazy yeah Hey, let's talk about some comics. Let's do let's do a comic related tweet. Do we have one? Sure. One second here. Um, I'm a, I'm a well, for, first, you know what? This was directed just to Vince, and I think understandably so. But since Bob Garcia, it's it's even more apropos. Um, Mr. Indy Rook, David Milburn asked. It was again to Vince, but we'll go for Vince and Bob Gar. Um, what? As artists, what do you guys prefer as your medium these days? Digital pen. Uh, a digital pen and paper, or both. Go ahead, Bob Carr. You're the guest. I uh, paper paper. <laughs> I uh, just everything on paper. I, I don't use uh, regular pencils. I just kind of blue line, and then uh, for the most part, go in with the brush. Some of the finer notes I do with uh, pit pens, like uh, you know the circles for the eyes that need to be a little bit more precise. Uh, fingernails, uh, things of that ilk. Uh, but yeah, definitely uh, just a, a zero uh, brush and a uh, number two brush. And dip that ink, and that's about it. I'm just on uh, bristle. Dip that ink and tap that ass. There you nice. go. So nice. Um, it, you know, it's amazing. Again, if you asked me this question a couple months ago, my answer would be totally different. Um, I have a Cintiq. And I swore by it for a, for a long time, uh, and it's still, I think, the best way to color. Uh, but lately, since I'm doing stuff for a pain in the ass out there, I <laughs> I've been uh, I, I fell in love with with good old fashioned paper again. That there, makes me so happy. There there are things yeah. I I love the Cintiq, and I love um, Manga Studio. You can get a lot of nice 
inking effects in Manga Studio, but for my money, there is not a digital uh, application on this planet that can produce the drag of a brush like a Gabe Hardman brush where he just rips that black out and it's beautifully textured and the edges are just so gorgeous. Uh, yeah, we are advanced and depending on your facility with making brushes, you can approximate those kind of effects, but you'll, it, it, it's, it's never gonna completely encapsulate the look of, of just dragging a, a rush across paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. Uh, comics question from, uh, Mr. Richie, uh, I guess it's Terones, um, goes by Richie X fan. He would like to know, and I'm gonna add a category to this question, but basically he wants to know our favorite X Man, our favorite new mutant, and I'm gonna say, if you're gonna do an X Man, um, name your favorite, uh, X Man that's not one of the original two groups. <laughs> no, that, that's not, in other words, you can if your favorite's from either the original five or the you know Giant Size X Men crew, then you have to name another one too. Oh man, is that problematic for you, Vince? Nah, no, not really. I guess. <laughs> so why don't you go? Okay. Um, well. It would be it would be ridiculous of me not to say that Wolverine is my favorite X Men because he's one of obviously I, I always talk about him so, but since he is one of that crew, um, I, I love the X Men as you guys know so this is I I have great love for many of these characters but um, if I had to pick one that's out of the the main two groups it would actually be Sage. Wow! Oh, what really? Because mm-hmm. she's Sage. hot. Yeah, I, I just um, you know, I, I, yeah. I'm I'm very fond of that uh, of of that period of time when Extreme X Men first came out, and um, I mean the book turned into a hot mess. But I, again, I, as I've talked about many times, I thought LaRocca's art was awesome back then. The premise started out really cool because you remember that the book was supposed to be about this group of X Men being sent off to find the books of destiny, the thirteen books, and it was going to be like this quest, and these books were going to lead to something, and it, it got completely derailed from that it never it like after a few issues it, it it's as if they totally forgot the books of destiny ever were part of the book but uh yeah i've always loved sage she's hot i think she's got a cool power which is to say she knows and remembers everything like a photographic memory um you have that no i don't i don't i mean i have a good memory i don't have a photographic memory though but i love the fact that photographic memories actually exist i've always found those types of people fantastic that's one of the reasons i, I love sherlock holmes so I love characters like that where recall they have just phenomenal recall. So um yeah, Sage and then like I said, Wolverine is my kind of more obvious pick. And then of the new mutants, that's interesting. Um Hmm, I, I well I'm presuming he means like the original cast and not like someone I hope so. Yeah, I mean I because like I, I guess if you were going to extend it to something like uh, Dom, like if he's if if you could include the what then became the X Force characters, then I would have to say Domino. But but I'm assuming he doesn't mean that. I'm assuming he means the the, the core earlier group. In which case, I'd have to say uh, Cannonball. I've always liked Sam. Yeah, Sam. I've always thought he was cool, cool, and I think he he's he's evolved into a core member of the X Men, and I just I think he's great. So. Hmm. 
And you completely disagree. No, no, I like yeah. Sam. Sam was always one of the more likable characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hell of a lot better than Karma. Jesus. Who's next? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cyclops and uh, Kitty Pride. Yep. I knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. Did you know? Yeah. What about well, New yeah. Mutants? They're great characters. For the New Mutants, it, it really would. Um, I, I so want to say Danny, but it. It Aww. um, it, it just I I kind of have to lean towards Sam just because I've I was there you know he was the he was the country bumpkin he was he was the 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 shy not all that confident in the beginning I remember that that Marvel graphic novel number four I remember reading it and and see and 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 McCloy had his face down perfectly the way he had to just express when sam wasn't saying anything you knew exactly what he was feeling and and i remember sam and it um i i enjoyed seeing him grow on the pages and and then it was a um it was something different in the hands of um of liefeld with x-force but seeing him now in um, in the Avengers, and it's I, I think yeah of of the five it would because I'm, I'm Sunspot not so much I mean I, I like the look I always love the the black look with the Kirby crackle but it's um you know when I think about the other characters especially even even Wolfsbane they're just there was something about her personality that always was kind of, and, and I, I know that that's just the way she is, that, that that's her personality, that's the way the character was written, but uh, there was something that always just kind of turned me off or annoyed me. So I, I, not so much just because that's all who's left, but because of, of how I felt when I was first reading him, I, I gotta go with Cannonball. That's two votes for Sam. Yeah. Oh, well, to add to what you were saying about the early uh, New Moons, he was also very lanky, so the the body yeah. language spoke a lot. And I, yeah, that's my favorite Sam, of course. But well, since I kind of jumped in, uh, I think probably when I was reading them initially, Sam. But now it's definitely Danny Moonstar, and I don't have any real reason. She's a cool character. You know what? I, she is. Yeah. And, and, and I always, and, and, and going back to that graphic novel, I love how when everybody showed up in their, in their uniforms, in their school outfit, and, and there's Chuck sitting in the wheelchair telling everybody, you know, I thought, I, I said that you need to, you know, that there's a dress code. And, and Danny was adamant about, you know, cause she was wearing her belt and, and she, and then her boots. And she goes, no, I'm not, I'm not, letting go of my identity this is who i am this is this is a part of me so if we're going to have a problem because i'm dressed this way then i'll leave and obviously xavier was cool with that but it was that was a standout moment from from the graphic novel as well i did like her in the beginning and then she kind of lost her powers and i just i didn't i wasn't really feeling the whole last guardian thing yeah they kind of well a little after that they kind of didn't know what to do with her that's true long, yeah long time. long time yeah asgard Asgard. Asgard. And Bobgard, what about your on the X-Men side? Oh, uh, just traditionally. I, I There was a lot of years I didn't read X-Men, um, but um, 
old school uh, Nightcrawler, um, you know, before any uh, uniform change, like mm. uh, from X Men to uh, Excalibur era. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. Yep, that's for for the X Men. That's my pick too. Nightcrawler always loved. Yeah, Kurt. I'm glad. I'm glad Kurt got some love. Always right, loved. Well, well then, Kurt who's your because he's, he's one of the. You can you can make him your favorite, but then you got to have a, an ancillary one. I gotta. Yeah, so I said I said the third part is if you're going to pick one of the first two core groups, you got to you got to also see someone right. that came after. Yep. Wow. Um. Well, the reason I like Nightcrawler is you have a character who is physically or visually nothing like his his uh, his uh, disposition. I mean, the dude is judged basically on what he looks like. He looks like a demon. He's got a forked tail. And and that is the farthest thing from from the way Kurt is inside. That that's a great character, and he can teleport, which is really cool. Um, it kind of pissed me off when they they had him find God because yeah. I, I never regarded him as a dumb character. But um, you know, you, you, characters change. Um, and no offense to anyone. Uh, <laughs> too late for that now. Uh, let's see, uh, original X Men. Jesus. Jesus. Dude, there's been about 50 members since then. I know. Rachel? No, never cared for Rachel. Rogue? No. Gambit even less. Can't stand Gambit. Psylocke? No. Psylocke, no. Longshot? Forge? What? Yeah, no. Magic. 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 Ilana is my favorite new mutant by far. Jubilee? Damn, Hank getting no love. No, I'm not, I don't care for... <laughs> Bishop? No. <laughs> Forge. Hey, go get your Forge on. No. no. <laughs> He's going through his Maggot? No. Oh, Marrow? No. Stacy X? Who? Cool. Uh, no, Stacy was, Stacy was pretty cool. Yeah, but I can't say she was, she was my what favorite. What about Cable? You see, Cable is... I don't associate Cable with any of the X-Books. Cable, Cable uh-huh. is the mutant in my book. Well, he was an X Man, so sure. You, you, yeah, he was, but Emma. Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know. It's certainly not Wolverine. Wolverine was by my by far my last choice. Oh, you just cut me right to the. I'm crib. sorry, uh, Snick. I, I got gotcha. you. Star Trek snub, dude. I so got gotcha. you. We'll all get over it. Uh, but no, as New Mutants, Ileana, I love, I love the Soul Sword. I love the whole backstory with her. And what was the third question? The X Men <laughs> that isn't one of the core that you like. All right, Cable. There you I'll, go. I'll go for Cable for that. Cable's my favorite mutant ever, by Kareem, far. Free Kareem. My Shop. favorite is Alan White. <laughs> <laughs> That's as good. Cable's my number one, and everybody else starts around number three thousand and works their way down. That's how much I love Cable. Uh, uh, interesting one from comics for kids. No, this is because I have to say some some just for the we've been doing live tweet long enough now where a lot of the questions unfortunately are, are redundant to things we've we've asked been asked and answered before. Sure, um, but here's one that has never been asked, uh, and it's for a good cause. It's it's from comics for kids. Um, everyone, answer please. Okay, redo Secret Wars for 2013. <laughs> Who does the Beyonder choose? That's a good question, dude. The Beyonder chooses Wolverine, and he blinks him out of existence in every story he has ever appeared in the past. (laughs) That's my answer. 
motherfucker. More importantly, <laughs> what's uh, Beyonder's hair look like? Uh, he'd probably have uh, cornrows right this, at this point, I think. <laughs> or a shaved head. Yeah. I think the Beyonder would have an emo. Like the, the what do they call it when they push the hair onto the side over the one oh, eye? Oh, goth thing? Yeah. yeah. Well, he'd have like a, like a um, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like a fallout boy type of look. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was, would definitely would, be wearing, he would definitely be wearing skinny jeans. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, who would he choose? Well, I mean, I think maybe this speaks to the the lack of real change in the Marvel Universe, but I think he'd choose a lot of the same people. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right. He would certainly still choose Spider-Man and the Hulk and Iron Man and Thor, and right? I mean... And, probably and, choose Thanos this time around. Yeah, he would choose... Right, he would choose all the characters that are in the movies. <laughs> so, so Mandarin and Magneto and uh, Iron Monger and... Dude, Molecule Man should have just ripped the shit out of everybody on the on that planet. You know, I loved Molecule Man, and I loved that he and uh, and is it Titania? Yeah, Titania were together mm-hmm. as like a couple. Oh, Volcana. Volcana. I'm sorry, that's it. Volcana were a couple for like years after, just living in like a little apartment in Brooklyn. <laughs> was it Brooklyn? Was it like Denver or some shit? Oh, I always it was... thought it was like a New York borough, but maybe you're right. But I always loved that because she was. This hulking woman and he was tiny, skinny, nebbish But he could do anything. Yes, That's what I never got. Like, how did he not make himself all buff? Or maybe make her a little lighter in the hips? Because <laughs> he likes the bonkadonk. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah, he likes come the on, man. He likes holding on. Mm-hmm. Good God. He's a big, jo- he's a big Joni Lauer fan, too, I bet. <laughs> oh, God. Nicki no. Minaj. Have you seen Charles the size of Nicki Minaj's ass? No, it's like, huge. It is ridiculous. Yeah, she looks so out of proportion. It's almost like a, she's a cartoon character. She makes Mariah Carey look skinny. Yeah, Mariah. Mariah's still hot. <laughs> she is actually. Yeah, I agree. I tapped that keg. That's not saying too much, though. That's <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> All right. Hey, you know what? Let's start wrapping this bad boy up because we are almost out of time. Thank you to everybody who live tweeted. And as always, this episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been brought to you by who? Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Get your books and your collectibles at huge Wumba discounts, 35 to 75% off. If you are a first-time customer, you can use the code David is going to tell you in about two seconds to get an extra 8% off your already massively discounted order. David. E-O-C-8. E-O-C-8. Good God. So you can reap huge discounts at our sponsor, uh, dcbservice.com. And remember, the Apple Seed Con is coming up on May 11th. Do not miss out. A bunch of uh, new guests were announced. And unfortunately, I did not cut and paste the email to tell you about them. But rest assured, you can find them all at appleseedcon.com $10 gets you in the door buying your ticket in advance guarantees you an exclusive 11 by 17 print by the great Dave Wachter there's almost there's going to be over 100 creators at this thing including Mike Norton Tom Scholey who is doing amazing work he he sent something out on the Twitter today it's just I'm so envious of that man the aforementioned Ryan Brown and and many 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 more Remember, appleseedcon.com. 
and in your damn travels. The one thing I used this week to scrub the stench of the sex off <laughs> my body was, and uh, this is for those who lament the wealth of Disney duck comics that are available uh, in places like Italy and, and overseas. We always lament the fact that, hey, why don't they bring that stuff over here? Where well, they are, and you can get it on Comixology. I bought two issues of Super Duck on Comixology. I think they were a dollar ninety nine a piece, and both of them were greater than forty pages. The uh, issue number one was written by Gianfranco Cordara and illustrated by the awesome Lorenzo Pestovicio. And 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 here's basically the setup: Donald Duck's having a bad day. An extremely bad day. All he wants to do is watch his uh, the televised game of the Duckburg 49ers, and his television goes on the fritz. So he picks up the set, throws in his little jalopy, brings it down to the mall. Unfortunately, the, the set's out of warranty, so uh, he brings it back to the car where he parked. He got a parking ticket because he shouldn't have parked there. Basically a shitty day. He's got a date with Daisy. He can't get to it because he doesn't have a car. He's rushing to get there, and on the way... He walks across train tracks, and wouldn't you know it, there's two trains coming, and they're both heading to the same length of track, and these dudes are trying to get the, the, the damn switcher unstuck in order to divert the trains from crashing into each other, and Donald comes over and does it. And he's captured on film doing it, which leads this extraterrestrial green duck in a in a snow globe basically to recruit him for the guardians of the galaxy and donald duck becomes a superhero in this thing it, it the, the unknown to him duckburg is going to be attacked by these uh space ducks called the evrons led by general zondag i mean this comic is awesome sounds fantastic no it's amazing it's a, it nothing gets me going faster than a great duck comic disney duck comic and um if any of our listeners remember the howard the duck magazine from uh 79 to i think it ran to 1981 michael golden did a bunch of duck world stories in there uh which uh, were written by bill mantlow but um and my you know how michael golden draws he has he could have a very cartoony style but it's couched in realism well um Pastrovicio draws a great Donald Duck, but there's a character in here called Layla. She's uh, this plucky female TV news personality, and you would swear that there are sections in there that are very reminiscent of the way Michael Golden drew the ducks in the... Uh, the uh, Marvel magazine. I mean, she stands out. The 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 Donald and, and company are drawn in the 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 what you would expect, the typical Disney style. But he pays a little bit more attention to Layla. I mean, she's physically. Mm, you got to see it. It's awesome, and it's only a dollar ninety nine. Go to Comicsology. Get some great Disney comics that you cannot get in print on this side of the ocean. It's great stuff. Super Duck. How could you not buy it? Sounds good. I'm on it. Yeah. Uh, in your travels, 
keep that Transformers train rolling, people. Because I read the last stand of the Wreckers. Woot, woot. And it was awesome. It was freaking awesome. IDW 2010 five-issue miniseries uh, written by James Roberts and Nick Roche, who also did the art. Uh, it was like a gritty, almost like dirty dozen war story set in the Transformers universe. And uh, a lot of the characters, as I understand it, were never before seen in the comics. Just minor characters that uh, some of them had toys but were never in the comics, including a kick-ass Decepticon villain named Overlord that uh, I thought was fantastic. So really, really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I, I, IDW is, is killing it on the on the Transformers stuff. Absolutely. And I realized I went before David. Sorry about that. <laughs> but you were excited, so it's okay. I was overzealous. Plus, I knew David was loving what he was about to say, so I figured we'd give him the give him the floor to finish to 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 speak for a while. Um, actually, uh, it, this 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 may surprise a lot of people. Um, this is a good Marvel comic written by Jeff Loeb. What? What? Yeah, um, yeah. Because no, I know normally if it's not a a Marvel color themed book like like Spider Man Blue and and Daredevil Yellow, if it's not for DC, Blow tends to not fire on all cylinders. Because um, some of us remember X Sanctions. So this is a <laughs> this is a. It was pretty. Yeah. It was um, that. <laughs> this is a a new book. Um, featuring with, with an old title, this is Nova. Uh, I read the first oh. two issues, and I am extremely pleased and surprised, and I recommend it. And it's a it's a good ground floor story. I mean, you can get in right now without needing to know about Richard Rider or anything that Marv Wolfman read with the, uh, wrote with the character, and forget about New Warriors because this is not. This is not the Gold Dome Nova's Nova Core you're used to, and mm. um, there's there's some flashbacks told in in the first issue, and um, Sam Alexander is is the, the main character, um, and it's and, and I'm familiar with the name because of the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon on on Disney XD. Um, this is, I believe, the Nova that kicked off. Uh, Avengers versus X Men, mm-hmm. um, but it's this is this also ties in with the whole Marvel cosmic because it's it's um, illustrated by Ed McGinnis and Dexter Vines. You see Gamora, you see Rocket Raccoon, um, you see a lot of Gamora. You do see a lot of Gamora, uh, or a Gamora. <laughs> there you go. Um, but it's you know Sam is a high school student who does not annoy me, and I am. Yeah, it, it's it is um the the flashbacks are from um Sam's father who Sam thinks his father's full of shit, these are all tall tales. You know, he's just trying to tell Sam and, and Sam's little sister bedtime stories about, you know, doing this in outer space and flying around the rings of Saturn and this, that and the other, but turns out uh dad's stories may actually be true and um not quite sure what happened to dad uh sam's got to figure some things out and we're kind of taking it from there there, there is a, a, a 
slight Green Lantern vibe as as there would be because it's space and it's core and 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 you know they're they're, they're space cops. So, um, but I am I, I absolutely think the art is stunning. It's it's some of of um, Edex's finest work I've seen in a while, and it's um, it's I don't know if I do believe, and and if I'm wrong, let me know. But I, I do believe the character is named after um, Jeff Loeb's son, who he lost a few years ago, and and I don't know if it's because of that that Loeb is. Um, it, it it doesn't feel like he's just he's phoning it in, or he's just it's not a paint-by-numbers type story I'm getting from him. There's actually some... Um, as I'm reading it, 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 it's almost like he cares about where this story is going. There's, 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 he's actually... Um, Invested. Thank you. And, and, yeah. and it's, it's a... It, it really is... I'm, I really do enjoy... I mean, I, I have to thank Andrew Shaw for, um, for sending me the, the first issue. And, and he... Um, he, he recommended it, and and I, I figured I yeah no, I'll, I'll read it when I get around to it, and I, I I'm kind of kicking myself that I did wait, but I am glad that I I finally when I did read it I had the second issue to read right away after it, so um now now I want the third I I, I really do I, I really am enjoying the, this I mean it I'm I'm surprised because I'm not I'm not the biggest Nova fan, but that's but that was an older Nova that, that was Richard Ryder that was you know, from the New Warriors and things like that. This is, this is a different Nova. I mean, it's, it, it reminds me of the, um, you know, when you would think because Marvel isn't DC and they don't have their, their earth one and their old golden age characters that for years, Marvel didn't have legacy characters, but they've had iron fists and, and you've had ghost riders and, and now you have, different Novas, so I mean, they, they, they do have characters where they can pass down um, hand off the torch, but it, this really is a a, um, a book that I'm, I'm, I'm surprised I am enjoying as much as I am and I, I do I do think it, check out that first issue and um, if the art doesn't get you, the, the, the story probably will, I, I dig it So what do you think our chances of seeing Diamond Head or the Sphinx Anytime soon. Not good. <laughs> Maybe in the first year. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Sphinx. I love the Sphinx. Well, this isn't, and David, to your point, <laughs> this, I mean, this isn't the first time that uh, Loeb has used a character that I think is uh, evocative of his um, deceased son. But, no, but, yeah. it was the Superman Batman, his last story, I think, also. Yeah. And, and uh, New Ultimates as well. Oh, okay. All right. So can you blame the guy? No, yeah. no, I, I can't. I, I, uh, I think in, in a way. Oh, no, wait, I think, I think the Superman Batman story was co-written by his son before he, before he. Right, right. Oh, that that exercised issue. Yeah, I think so. But yeah. I, I, and I, what I was going to say is, I think uh, in a way it's pretty awesome to think that if this Nova character, this iteration of Nova, stays around, that he'll be able to immortalize his, his son in a way that I think is somewhat thrilled by. So I think it's pretty cool. It's pretty that awesome. Is. Mr. Bobgar, take us home. Okay. In your travels, I think you guys already mentioned this, but go to saddlesore.tumblr. No, 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 sorry. saddlesorecomic.tumblr.com. Don't go to 
tumblr.com because you'll mm-hmm. see some naked women. That's all right. <laughs> but we want you to get you to the comic called Sad of Sore uh, by Harry Moore, John Boren, Timothy O'Brien, and Brian Bowles. You know, all four mites. 100% free, and you can download it there. There's also nice. a donate button, so don't forget that at the bottom. It's all uh, Western-themed uh, short stories. It's a nice little anthology. 100% free. Did I mention that? You, awesome. You didn't. You better say it again. <laughs> What's that? It's free. And even though they thank uh, Kingbone Press, we had nothing to do with this. <laughs> so uh, it's completely uh, not our project, and that's why it's probably better than all our projects. This is. Have you guys read this? This is fantastic. I can't believe how good it is. And that's not, not an insult to uh, Harry and company. But no. Yeah, it's uh, really great. I think it's about, let me see, 25 pages. Cool. Nice. And uh, one other end of your travels, go to C2E2 and say hi to us. <laughs> because yes, because what's your booth number? Where can they get you? Oh, we're at the King Bone Press booth. And you'll see John, myself, and a host of other uh, Foramites sketching and selling our wares there. And it is booth 1384. Nice. I can't wait. It's going to be so make, much fun. We're going to make Vince draw, too. Yep. Don't a tell week me. from now, we will be on, our on way. the road. Yes. Laughing a star. Yes. <laughs> I'm giddy. I don't get giddy. It's, and all you're going to be playing is Gwar, right? I, you know what? I do have some striper. Phallus in Wonderland on the playlist. playlist. Yes, I do. Thank God I have Spotify and we can listen to anything else. We gore, gore. I love gore. <laughs> Come on. How could you not like gore? Striper, we got some Cinderella going. I can't watch that damn show on, uh, what it's is it? too late to get on a flight. What is it? Yeah, Burn Notice? The one with um, Bruce Campbell? Yeah. Because the, the lead guy in that show was in the gore Phallus in Wonderland video. Wow, at, at, wait, wait. Speaking of Bruce Campbell, Vince, did you go see Evil Dead? I didn't yet. I haven't had the time. Really? I know. It's killing me. Wow. I'm not reading the reviews because they basically don't care. I'm going to see it. I'm going to judge it for what it is, not based on it what it's from. It would be kind from. of ironic if people judged this movie and decided whether or not to go on the reviews, right? Considering that the original movies, I'm sure, weren't well-reviewed. It, it doesn't matter to me. They're That's what I mean. I mean they're but classics. Favorite, so. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, Bob Gar, thank you for being here with us. We love you. Oh, thank, oh, thanks for uh, See you next week, Broheem. <laughs> thanks. You can, you can you. be anytime you want. And I'll hold you to that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Just hold them. <laughs> Somebody yeah, has to. I'll hold you to that. As <laughs> and uh, thank you for listening. As usual, we'll be back next week. Same. T- no, actually, we're doing it a, a day earlier next week. Yep. We're going to We're going to be recording on a Tuesday. You'll be getting the shit Wednesday morning. And by the time you're listening, maybe we will be on the road recording again because on like, the road again, like last I year. I dug out. I dug out the recorder, so we're, yep. we're all set in that front. And I think we recorded about two and a half, three hours of content last year. It's probably going to double this year. Oh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. Because the brains of the operation is going to be with us. That's right. We're going to put out some long-form releases, I think. Copious amounts of trash. Yes. That's what America is about. I'm going to bring talking points for each hour. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, save me. So, <laughs> we'll see you next week, guys. We love you so much. Peace out, y'all. And, and call David. Bye-bye. Okay.